This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Mark Tim says that one of the best days of his life is filled with mixed emotions. Riding the high of a successful day at the office was compounded by the realization that his work life and personal life were completely out of sync. Something had to change, so it did. Today, Mark is a serial entrepreneur and the co-author of the book, Mentor to Millions, and he joined Marketing Trends for a vibrant discussion on how that moment led him down a pathway to his current endeavor. Plus, Mark dives into how marketers can stand out in a crowded e-commerce space. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by special guest, Mark, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be here on Marketing Trends and hang out with you guys. Yeah, excited to uh, to chat with you. You know, you have your serial entrepreneur, you have a bunch of really cool stuff going on. You have a book coming out that we're going to talk about and everything in between. So let's get started. How did you get into marketing in the first place? Yeah, well, you know, I, I actually, you know, I went to school and I thought I was going to study economics. And then I took a marketing class and said, man, this is for me. And I took every marketing class I could take. And it's so funny because when I went to school, I'm not trying to age myself here, but they didn't even have a marketing degree. That's just so crazy when I look back and think of it. But I literally took every marketing class that I could take from the universities that I was at, and I just loved it. In fact, before I became an entrepreneur, I actually was the director of marketing for USA Today. That's a little known fact that people don't uh, don't know. Talk about a product that changes every single day. It was fascinating, and it really cut my teeth on the pace at which marketing can happen. But it led me to being an entrepreneur and the entrepreneur I am today. And I have to tell you that uh, marketing is at the core of every single business that I get involved in. If I don't believe in the product, if I don't have passion around the marketing, then I don't do it. Yeah. So flash forward to today. Tell us a little bit about the companies that, that you're involved with, what you're working on. Yeah. You know, often I get introduced as a serial entrepreneur. And what is that? That just means it's an entrepreneur that has his hands in multiple businesses. I, you know, early on, I would have one business and, and I, I started selling those businesses and I've actually sold seven businesses. And so, and I, I just, there's nothing more validating than to start a business and it becomes of such a value that someone is willing to pay you for it. And so I got in the phase where I, I was looking for more businesses that I could do that. And I found myself involved in multiple businesses. Now, I will tell you that that can be a detriment because you lack some focus that sometimes your business needs. I can tell you right now, it was a massive positive to me because when everything, when the world changed earlier this year, I had multiple businesses going. And I'm here to tell you, two of my businesses ended within five days, like five days of changes in the world. And those two businesses were literally done. And I'm not sure I'm going to start them back up. They were more of a physical presence, uh, stage-based, event-based businesses. And I think they're just done. And so, but I had some other businesses that were not in that way. In fact, I had one business that was in e-commerce and we started noticing that business started thriving before the world kind of figured out what was going on. And by the time we were in the full-scale quarantine, that business was up over 500% year over year. 
And what I love about business is that I've got this little philosophy that I learned from my mentor, Kevin Harrington, who I co-wrote the book, Mentor to Millions. And I would, I would study him and say, how do you pick businesses to get involved in? And he goes, Mark, I just follow the eyeballs. And I'm like, follow the eyeballs. And he's like, yeah. I mean, when I was in as seen on TV or when I was in infomercials, people were watching a lot of TV. And then they started moving to the internet. So I created asseenontv.com because that's where the eyeballs were going. And now he's in a lot of businesses that are relying on social media and more, you know, modern means of, of media because that's where the eyeballs are. So well, I was sitting there with a business that was, you know, in e-commerce and all of a sudden that's where all the eyeballs went. Everybody's sitting at home and they're, they're shopping from home and I've got this business that all of a sudden just blows up and I'm like, boom, two businesses have just stalled out and I, I reallocated all my staff. I didn't have to let anybody go and I re purpose them and pointed them towards the eyeballs, which was e-commerce. And now I'm here to tell you that, you know, I chose Kevin Harrington as a mentor because I wasn't scaling my businesses to a level that I thought I was capable of and come to find out it was me that was holding them back. He taught me what real scale looks like. And I'm actually on my way to my first $100 million business all because I followed the eyeballs. I was in the swim lane where everybody showed up and started swimming. And that's advice that I give all the time to people is they're trying to decide where to start a business, what business to start. And I just say, where are the eyeballs pointed? Where are people looking? If you start a business in the path of that, it has a reasonably good chance of being successful. So my principal business right now is e-commerce. And then I also have a business, I love physical product. And so I tried digital product and I just wasn't that good at it. And so physical product, I know, I understand, I like it, I can touch it. I know how to produce it. I know how to maximize it. And so I started taking what I learned in funnel marketing and applying it to physical products and found that physical products are just as powerful inside of funnel marketing. So I have an Amazon slash e-commerce business that, that sells products on 29 different virtual channels. And then I have a funnel-based business that sells product through marketing funnels all throughout different social media and wherever eyeballs and traffic is at. So those are my two principal businesses. They are deeply rooted in marketing and they are thriving right now, even during these kind of crazy times that we're in. Yeah. So, you know, can we kind of unpack that a little bit? You know, what are some of the things that you are looking at right now? What are the channels that you're looking at from an e-commerce perspective? Like, how are you you know, getting all of your, your strategies adjusted on the fly here uh, with, uh, with everything going on? Well, I mean, everybody knows Amazon, right? So that's not a secret. When, when we say e-commerce, people think Amazon. But here was my strategy. I'm like, wait a minute. There's 29 different marketplaces from Google to a Facebook marketplace to eBay to Rakuten to Jet. And people don't play in those spaces because it's so easy to do business on Amazon and they control the vast majority of the business. But I said to myself, wait a minute, during these times, these other marketplaces are going to have a chance to thrive and they are thriving. And so our goal as an e-commerce business is not to be 99% Amazon like most businesses. We want to be 60-40. And we feel like if we can be 60-40, we're winning that game. And so we're not just interested in selling product online. We want to sell in these other marketplaces so that if Amazon changes the rules and they do often, we're not beholden to that one marketing channel. We've got 28 other channels that we're selling in. And it's serving us extraordinarily well. Now, I'm going to also tell you that we're not 60-40 yet. We are 69-31. That's not too shabby, but I still believe I can get to 60-40. So that is one area of where it's not about what I'm selling, although I do happen to love 
you know, the personal care products right now. We've got a product that helps people with muscle cramps and with arthritis pain. And people are not wanting to go to doctors. So what are they doing? They're trying to treat themselves and they want product that they can feel is safe and that they can take care of themselves at home instead of going to the doctor. So we started putting ourselves not only in where the eyeballs were at, but then we started saying, wait a minute, what's a trend that people have? Well, the trend they had is I'm not going to the doctor if I don't have to. I'm going to try to take care of myself. And so what are self-care kind of products that help people with aches and pains and and hurts and things that are they're struggling with, if they can care for themselves at home, that would work. So we started lining up products in that category and wow, is it blowing up. And so you can kind of double niche. You can say, where are people looking? And then what trends are affecting that particular marketplace? And so we've kind of hit both of those. And then the other place, we're doing a lot of funnel work. One of our largest funnel partners is Zig Ziglar. Now Zig Ziglar passed this earth, you know, seven years ago. But his message of hope and motivation and inspiration is so relevant today for people who are, are searching for hope and, and they're searching for motivation. And so we're putting his product into product funnels, physical product. When I say physical product, guys, we're selling DVDs, CDs, and books in a funnel. Now, some of those mediums, people are going, what? People buy CDs? They buy DVDs? Heck yeah, they do. When they're stuck at home during quarantine, they buy that stuff. So anyway, we're, we're selling, you know, hope and motivation and inspiration that people really need. And we're selling home care that people really need. So those are both categories that I just personally love. I'm a consumer of those. I understand why people want those. And so I found myself really attracted to those niches. And so far it's working out really well. And again, you know, it just, it's in alignment with, with really who I am. And so I said earlier, if I'm not passionate about the product, if I don't believe in it and I don't see the marketing path in it, I don't do it. And that checks all the boxes for me. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it speaks to, you know, there's so many different ways that folks are receiving information and who they are and what type of product. Like, you know, if you were trying to, you know, market a, like we talked to a lot of B2B marketers on here, you're trying to market a, you know, a software solution. And, you know, giving information out, like you're probably not going to put it on CDs. But if you're doing something else, like our, our amazing producer, Hillary, she bought Taylor Swift's uh, CD right away. So, I mean, I think it just goes like, you know, a wise man once said the medium is the message. But I think that a lot of times we get pretty stuck in, you know, doing certain things that we, we feel like, you know, we, we should do and for this reason or another. But there are so many consumers that you know, want to have a certain type of uh, experience. They like putting the CD in, they like, you know, opening that, all those different things. I totally agree. I mean, I, I find myself, you know, it's like if everybody's doing something and you do it differently, then you stand out. And so if everybody is giving you a digital link and you send them a CD, you know, all of a sudden it's like, they don't just throw it in the trash. They're like, what, what is this, man? I got to check this out. Or you send them a thumb drive instead of a digital link that they can plug in and it instantly is there. We just invested in a line of video cards. Now, when I say a video card, it is a, imagine opening up a greeting card and the quality is relatively strong and it can play up to a 10 minute message. And so we're now sending out these, these video cards where, you know, to influencers or partners, when they open it up, it's got like a five or six minute video from me that they're watching. They don't have to plug anything in. They don't have to click a link. They don't have to open up their computer, iPad, phone. They just watch this cool video. 
And believe it or not, that technology is down to about 30 bucks for that kind of service. But I, what I want to tell you is that, you know, I, I mentioned Zig Ziglar earlier. Um, that's actually how the book Mentor to Millions came to be, is that uh, Zig Ziglar was a mentor of mine and Zig Ziglar was a mentor of Kevin Harrington's. And in his passing, we both reached out to him and, you know, and, and to the family. And it was the children of Zig Ziglar that introduced Kevin and I to each other. So he was our mentor and then introduced us and Kevin became my mentor. And obviously now we, we wrote this book together. Why do I tell you that story? It's because Zig was famous for he, one quote really put him on the map around the world. And the quote went like this. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. And let me say it again a little slower. You can have everything in life you want. You just have to help enough other people get what they want. So to me, that's like the coolest marketing ever. Because if I told someone, hey, to feed your family today, you've got to get up and, and you've got to uh, sell, you know, five of these widgets today. You know, and I said, what time, you know, are you going to set your alarm for? You know, they're probably going to look at me and say, it doesn't matter because I'm going to hit snooze. But I look at a guy and say, hey, all I need you to do is get up and help five people tomorrow. What time are you going to set your alarm for? They're going to say, I don't even need an alarm. Like, I'm ready to go now because we love to help people. And right now, there are more people to be helped than ever before in our lifetime. So if you really want to market your product, your business, your purpose, your passion, you just have to find out how can I help people? And then how many people can I help? And then they will ask you about your product or your service or your purpose or your passion. And so that's kind of the reframing that I want people to have right now. Marketing in today's climate and today's times is about helping others and the better the more people you help the more products you'll sell and the more satisfying of a business you will have well i think you know ziggler is a great great example of uh, obviously you know renowned as a, as a salesperson but obviously a phenomenal marketer as well and with so many you know different things that he talked about so many seminars and conversations and and different sort of things that he did i'm i'm curious how did you think about you know, marketing all of that information, marketing that message, marketing kind of his, his legacy. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, of course, you make a lot of mistakes before you figure things out. That's why one of our kind of mantras that we have that I learned from Kevin is uh, test before you invest. And so we tested a lot of things before we really invested. And, and you know, we were really surprisingly shocked at, at some of the results, both positive and negative. And so, but what's cool about marketing Zig Ziglar is that what we figured out is, is that there is so much Zig Ziglar available. Okay. Like you can type in Zig Ziglar and you can see like a million memes and you can find him all over YouTube, even though the family has tried to contain it. I mean, he became famous during an era where it wasn't, you know, like people just recorded this stuff. They just uploaded it. And so, you know, so there are millions of views of Zig Ziglar every day, but only, you know, a few of those go through the main Zig Ziglar YouTube page. And so, so content is so readily available. And so you're like, how do I market something that people can just find themselves? And so what we figured out is, is that what people really want is they want you to aggregate it. They want you to make it simple for them. So when you talk about Zig Ziglar as a master salesman, where do you start? Well, what we did is, is that we aggregated it and said, okay, we're going to sell you this sales, you know, the secrets of successful selling by Zig Ziglar. We're going to aggregate all of his content and make it super easy to be able to get into and understand and consume. And we're going to aggregate 
all of his content around family and all of his content around motivation. And so, you know, so that's really, I mean, we didn't have to explain to people who Zig Ziglar was, but we had to convince them that there was value to pay for what they could sometimes get for free. And that's, that's a real art. And, and that's, you know, a lot of times, a lot of businesses have been started and scaled and are extremely valuable taking public domain information and just making it easy to search, easy to find, and easy to consume. And that's the beauty is that, you know, people are always sitting around scratching their head, how do I come up with the next brilliant idea? And sometimes it's not that you have to come up with the next brilliant idea, it's that you have to take someone else's brilliant idea and just make it easier to use, just make it easier to consume, just make it easier to implement instead of having to come up with this brand new idea or concept. And so that's a lot what we've done with Zig Ziglar is just made it available, accessible, and easier to be able to consume and implement. Well, I think a lot of, you know, what happens now is you have a lot of content that's out there that's really good, really interesting, really helpful, but, you know, not necessarily super actionable all the time. And that's the thing. That's why like courses and, you know, or just you just go back to just regular schoolwork. You have the part where you, you know, learn the information, then you have the part where the, there's some sort of practical application. And if you're, you know, someone in business, you know, it's great to listen to, to Zig Ziglar to be inspired to, to get excited. But if you don't have something like a mentor, if you don't have something at the end of that, um, some sort of plan, you know, a lot of it is, is not necessarily going to reach its full potential. And I'm curious, you know, you obviously, you know, your life changed when you got a mentor. What was the reason that you wanted to, uh, to co-author Mentor to Millions? Yeah, so this all ties together with what you're saying there. And, and I'll tell you what, we get the question a lot of how do you find the right mentor? How do you kind of choose people to mentor? How do you get the most out of a mentor relationship? And that actually is why we wrote the book. Okay, so the book, the book actually starts out with me sitting it into my driveway and I don't want to go home. And the reason for me not wanting to go home is because I just had this amazing day and I didn't want it to end because my work life and my family life were completely out of balance. They were completely off sync. And I knew that that's not why I was put on this earth. So you talked about my businesses earlier. And uh, I usually say, which is true, that my job that I'm most proud of is being CEO of the most valuable business in the world, which is my family. And I, I started mentoring my family. And I started looking at what I was learning from Kevin and I started implementing it back home. And when everything was done and I'd spent years, you know, with Kevin in this relationship and Kevin having been the original shark from Shark Tank, he was constantly, people were, you know, hundreds of people would go to an event and they'd all say, Kevin, I just need five minutes. I just need five minutes. If I could just have one question, I know you could change my life forever. And guess what? They would always ask the same question or a derivative of it. They'd always say, Kevin, what's the one thing I need to do to be successful? What's the one business I need to start? What's the one thing I can do to change everything in my world? And we started having this conversation. And sometimes we'd laugh about it because it's always the same question. But then we started figuring out, dang, we better answer this question. We better figure this out. And so when we looked at our own lives, Kevin's life and my life, and we looked at super successful people, I mean, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, you know, you name it, the definition of success, they all had one thing in common. And that is they all had serious mentorship relationships when they were growing their businesses. And that was the secret of success of the uber rich, the uber successful, the uber successful in sports. They all had mentors in their life. 
that's why we wrote the book. We wrote the book because we're like, we've got to tell this story, but we can't just come out and say, hey, ding, 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 here's the secret to life. You've got to have mentors. So what we did is we wrote it in a very story form, meaning it's just stories after stories. It's everyday relatable stories with his mentor, stories from Kevin and his life and me and my life and my family and business and his family and business. And it's just, it's a book you can consume very quickly, but when you're done reading it, you're going to walk away with this knowledge. And that is the fastest way to success and impact. And by the way, the book Mentor to Millions, millions means millions of people impacted, not millions of dollars. But I promise you, if you'll impact millions of people, you will assuredly not have to worry about money anymore in your life. So you finish reading the book and you walk away saying, I need a mentor in my life and I need to find the right mentor. And then the second step is I need to become that mentor's best student. If I find the right mentor, you've got to become their best student because that's how it works. If you become their best student, they'll want to spend more time with you. They'll want to teach you more. And that's what I did with Kevin. So find the right mentor, become their best student. And then here's the third thing. And this goes back to the original root of this question you asked me. And that is, if you really want to get the most out of a course, out of a mentorship, out of anything you invest in in life, you must not only learn it and live it, but you finally must teach it. And teaching it is what really matters. That's the glue. That's the concrete. That's the mortar. A mentor gives you bricks, but you can stack those bricks up and anyone can knock them down. But when you turn around and you start teaching what you've learned, you learn from your master and then you teach it to other people. That's the concrete that holds the bricks together. That's the glue that forms the foundation so that you can then build a skyscraper on top of the wisdom that you've learned from those around you. And that applies to mentorship relationship. That applies to anything that you learn and consume in content. You must turn around and teach it or share it with other people to lock it down. And that's why we wrote the book, because we have benefited from mentors our entire life. We are now impacting millions of people ourselves, but it's time for us to truly teach the world this formula so that they can go out and replicate what we've done as well. Were there any things that, you know, as you were researching the book that surprised you about finding a mentor or that some of uh, the people that you were talking about, about the mentors that they had? Because a lot of the times, you know, what's tough is, you know, it's easy to find a mentor, you know, to spot someone and say like, hey, I want to be like that person. It's a little harder if there's nobody out there that's exactly like the person that you necessarily want to be, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, here's what surprised me. As we did our research of our own mentors and mentors of the super successful, here's what I want you to hear. The One of the things we found in common is the best mentors, the people who really make the best mentors have failed a lot. They're not the people that are super successful right out of the gate. They're not the people that the first idea they ever had made them millions of dollars. They are people who have failed a lot. Because people who their first idea made them millions of dollars, they only know one perspective. And that was, I had a good idea and it was successful. People who failed know that that's the reality of how it really works is you fail a lot. The key is to fail fast and to you know fail cheaply, but it's really to get stronger from every failure. It's what you learn from it. And that's why mentors who have had a lot of failures make such great mentors because they get it. 
They know you're likely going to fail and they'll be there to pull you up when they do. They also are more vulnerable and they're willing to share with you more about their failures because they know it was part of how they became successful. And so interestingly, we see sometimes these incredibly successful people and they make terrible mentors because they only know one way of doing things and it's the way they did it and it's the only path they know to take. And so therefore, when they mentor you, they just talk at you. Okay, we were given two ears and one mouth. And the other kind of secret to a great mentor is a mentor, a really great mentor listens a lot. Like they listen twice as much as they talk because they understand that they've got to fully appreciate where you're at, where you're going and what you want to accomplish before they can give you any advice, advice of relevance. So, you know, you're looking for a mentor that's experienced failures. You know, the only reason I can actually sit here and even give this advice is because I've failed a lot. Kevin has failed a lot. In fact, we have an entire chapter in the book called Failure to Phoenix, and it's all about failures. In, in fact, I would say a third of the stories in the book are about failures and how we overcame them and how we learned from them and how they made us who we are today or how a mentor helped us through that experience. And so when you're looking to get a mentor, don't be afraid to find someone that's failed and survived it and is now thriving. And don't be afraid to find someone that does a lot more listening than they talking because those are two key things that really surprised us that are the kind of trademarks of who makes a really good mentor. Switching gears towards um, some of the e-commerce things that you mentioned, uh, you know, some of the things that you learned from Kevin on as seen on TV, obviously we've, you know, we've all seen those, that packaging at online or at Bed Bath & Beyond or wherever it is. You know, you talked about physical goods versus like kind of the online products. What are the channels that you're excited about? What are some of the things that you're doing right now that you see a lot of success with? Yeah, so I, well, I mentioned earlier that I, I really like home care and I really like products that, you know, help people take care of themselves, their family, you know, that uh, keep their family safe. Okay, so, so I'm going to give you one. All right, anyone who's listening out there that wants a tagline, I'm going to give it away to the world for free because I believe this is the world we're living in now. And so one of the criteria that I'm using for a litmus test of product is safe as home. Now, that's not something that would have meant anything to anybody a year ago or six months ago. But where are we safest right now? At home. So is this a product that makes me feel safe at home? Is this a product that I can use at home where I'm safe? Is this a product that makes me happier, healthier in the safe place of my home? So the criteria is not as seen on TV because that doesn't have the relevance that it did now, but is this safe as home? Is this make me feel as safe as I do when I walk through my own doors? And to me, if it's a product that says yes to that, I'm interested because right now that's a message that resonates. That's a message that we can sink our teeth into. I don't have to explain that. I don't have to explain what I mean by safe as home because that's where we feel safe. So I'm looking for products that do that. I'm also looking for products that are good for me, safe for me. So for example, we got involved in a hand sanitizing product that wasn't alcohol-based. Now, I'm not trying to be a prognosticator that alcohol is bad, but it's not great for you in, in prolonged use. So we wanted something that would make you feel safe as home, but wasn't hurting your skin. And so, so we found that. We, we then found a product that, again, people don't want to go to the doctor if they've got the sniffles. So they're choosing to go to like nasal sprays. And so we got involved in a company called Sinafresh that uses a nasal spray 
that is good for you, meaning it doesn't have an addictive element to it. It doesn't dry out your sinuses. It's natural in its cure of your sinuses. And right now, if someone's got the sniffles, they do not go to the doctor, okay, unless they have the temperature or they have other signs, you know, but they want to be able to cure themselves and, you know, be taking care of themselves. So I love those kind of products. I love products that make you feel safe as home and that help you feel healthy, but don't have, it's like all the good stuff, but none of the bad stuff. And that's the kind of products that we're looking for. That's the kind of products that I'm excited about. And it doesn't mean I won't sell products that, you know, that don't fit that exact formula, but you ask me what I'm excited about. You ask me what I'm looking at. And I find myself spending more and more time. Oh, we just got involved in a company that does, uh, they're called Hutch Tents and they, they people, they're these amazing tents that go in the back of a pickup truck. Well, a year ago, I wouldn't have been as excited about that. But right now, people are spending a lot of time outside. They want to go camping. They want some space. And so, and they've got this pickup truck, but they want to go camping, but they don't want to buy an RV or a camper. They want to use what they have. And so, we, we just invested in the company and we're getting involved in it in a big way because I see it as being where people are looking, where their habits are at. It takes 30 days to form a new habit. Well, we've been in this for way longer than 30 days. So we have formed some new habits that aren't going to quickly change. And one of those habits is camping. One of those habits is, is spending more time in nature. And so I want some products that help people do that either easier or more cost effective. And that's why we decided to get involved with that company. So, you know, when you, when you approach someone like a, a Hutch Tent and invest in them, are you helping with marketing strategy? Are you saying, hey, these are some good you know, channels that you can spend money on? Are you helping with like, you know, ad copy? Are you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're bringing every, every tool in the toolkit to the table. This company happens to need some help with manufacturing and we're good at that. So we're going to take over and help them with their manufacturing efforts and we're going to help them with their e-commerce. I like to get involved in companies that, uh, that don't have a real strong e-commerce. And so, because I can bring a lot of value there. And so, you know, so we're going to help with marketing. We're going to help with e-commerce. We're going to help with manufacturing. Whatever we can do to supercharge that company, what we're not going to help with is product development. You know, it's got a great uh, founder who has a brilliant vision for where this company needs to go and the product. I don't need to get involved in there at all. And so, so we don't get involved in the areas that the company is really strong at or what the founder's superpower is. We just get involved in the other areas that, uh, that we can add a lot of value to. You keep kind of mentioning, you know, e-commerce and marketing almost separately. How do you view the interchange between those two things? And how do you view like, you know, paid ad spend and promotions for optimizing growth? Okay. So just so you know, e-commerce and marketing are completely separate. I just want to go right out there and say that e-commerce is a transactional means of how business is transacted and it's done through e-commerce instead of bricks and mortar physical location. Marketing happens above and beyond. You can market inside of a physical location. You can market inside of e-commerce. So for example, Amazon happens to be the largest search engine for physical products in the world, even bigger than Google. When people want physical products, they start in Amazon, even if they don't buy it there. So you can participate in e-commerce by having product that is on Amazon that is an e-commerce transaction, but that doesn't mean you've done anything to market that product. So if you then want to market it, you can send your own traffic external of that marketplace to the e-commerce platform for business, or you can market inside of that platform. We tend to put a lot of marketing dollars inside of the Amazon platform. We're buying sponsored ads. 
you know, we actually, we're big enough that we participate with Amazon at the highest level through their internal marketing group where they're putting impressions out, you know, throughout every medium, every e-medium that they have, whether it's Alexa or whether it's uh, Kindle, you know, wherever their, you know, assets are, they're putting impressions out for our products and driving them back to the e-commerce platform. But the reason I mentioned marketing and e-commerce separate is because you can totally be in e-commerce and do no marketing, but you can also do a lot of marketing inside of an e-commerce platform. And I feel like you kind of need both to be able to be successful now. Back in the early days, you could just list something in an e-commerce platform and get business. Now it's crowded, it's noisy. If you're not good at marketing, just because you have something listed in e-commerce, it doesn't mean it's going to sell. Well, and that's, yeah. And that's kind of what I would imagine a lot of, you know, the product centric founders have is they create something great and they don't really have the marketing prowess. They don't have a big enough team that they could hire, you know, a CMO or, or a head of marketing that has the level of sophistication that they need to market the product. Maybe they sell directly off of their, you know, their website, you know, D to C. Maybe they, you know, go through e-commerce channels. But I'd imagine that they need a lot of help on the, on the marketing strategy and then deployment of capital. Without a doubt, they need help on marketing strategy, deployment of capital. Do you know how many inventors have invented amazing products and they list them on Amazon and it's their own product with a registered trademark. And when you search that product, it doesn't even come up on the first page or the second page or the third page because there's so many other products in the category that they just get buried because they're a new product and they don't understand. You can't just list it on Amazon and be successful. You've got to make sure that people are seeing it. And once they see it and it becomes more successful, then it will start popping up on its own. But it's like the chicken or the egg. And it's the age old argument, uh, which came first. And so it's the same thing in e-commerce. If you don't make sure people see it, you don't have a great likelihood that people are going to buy it. And that's where marketing comes into play. And those that understand marketing are those that are thriving. You can have a product that's not even as good as a competitor and crush them in sales if you are able to really showcase the features and benefits of your product. And the other company just sits back and relies on people finding it in a very crowded space. So when you have someone who is, you know, they're doing some of the things that you mentioned on on Amazon, like leveraging that the network that you were talking about, leveraging all of the ad assets that Amazon has. And then they're also, you know, they have some, you know, direct to consumer capabilities on their own website. How do you manage spend on things like that? Like, how are you optimizing that? Because, you know, a lot of the times we talk about on the show, you know, getting folks to your website so that you can retarget them. So you can use all sorts of different ways to get them back into the fold, you know, building content or newsletters, ways to keep them interested, keep them engaged rather than kind of having like a transactional relationship. I'm just curious, like, how do you look at, you know, dividing your spend between those things? Well, how do you manage spend? You know, number one, you got to understand your numbers. You know, anyone can get gross sales, but can you actually make a profit? So you got to understand your numbers. What does it cost you for your product? What do you need to sell it for? What can you afford to spend? And then be disciplined with that. The beauty of these kind of marketplaces, whether it's Facebook, Amazon, et cetera, is that you can manage that. You can say, I want to spend more than $2 you know, for, to acquire a customer for this. And you can make sure that you don't. And so, yeah, you can manipulate that. It can be a dollar or $3. I mean, so, so the key is what I find that a lot of people just don't know their numbers. 
they don't know their numbers of what they can spend. And so they either overspend or they underspend. The better you know your numbers, the better you'll be able to manage your spend, the better you'll be able to deploy that spend. And then they don't understand the analytics. They know that they're spending and they know they're getting revenue, but what is their return on investment? What is their conversion rate? Where are they getting their best return on their spend? And so, you know, so it's, it's kind of a, you've got to know your numbers and then you've got to deploy them according to your numbers, but then you've got to really understand your results. And, you know, and that's, that's kind of the two sides of the coin of any successful product out there is usually a company that knows their numbers and knows how much they can spend. And then they're able to really understand their analytics to know what kind of results they've got. And if you don't understand both of those sides, you're going to get off balance in your product very quickly. You're either going to spend too much and you're going to end up, you know, literally, you know, selling product at a loss or you're going to sell product but not know why and then trends will change and you'll miss it and one day you'll be selling product and a month later you'll be selling none. All right, let's get into our lightning round. All right. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. We love Salesforce. Check them out if you haven't already. They're the best. Salesforce.com slash marketing. Lightning round questions. Mark, are you ready? I am ready. What app on your phone is the most fun? What app on my phone is the most fun right now? It's the activity app on my new iPhone watch because I can share it with my wife and I can see if I beat her in activity level that day. Do you have a favorite book or podcast or show that you've been uh, binging recently? Binging on a book or a show lately. I'm not a TV watcher, so I got to cross that out completely. And let's see, uh, book. I have been reading so many books here lately, so I know this is lightning round, but I've got to just pick just one. You know what? I'm going to be so insanely selfish and say that I have been recycling through some of Zig Ziglar's content because he's, he is absolutely timeless. And I just reread and actually listened to See You at the Top. And that book was written, I don't know, four decades ago. And it's actually more relevant today than it was then. And so I'm kind of a nostalgia guy. So instead of kind of today's cutting edge, I'm going back and learning from some of the soothsayers of our past and realizing they were more prepared for today than we were. Have you picked up a hobby or habit in shelter in place? Yeah, absolutely. It's walking. So I was, I was always into exercise, uh, but I, I'm, I'm actually doing more walking and experiencing nature. And uh, it's something I can do with my wife and something that I can you know, do to kind of decompress. And so I love walking in the morning before I get started with work. And I love walking at the end of the day to kind of decompress. And I'm, I'm surprised at how you know, just overall um, impactful, that little habit has been to not only my mental well-being, but even my physical well-being. What's your best advice for a first-time CEO? First-time CEO. Wow. It's the same advice that I told you about a mentor. One of the biggest mistakes that CEOs make is they do all the talking. And in reality, they need to do all the listening. And they're likely their team, their staff knows more than what they realize. And the more listening they can do, the more questions they can ask, the more time they can spend really learning from the people that are doing the work on the front lines, the better they will lead, the better leader they will be, and the better decisions they will make. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? 
I wish I was asked um, what really matters in life. And I can tell you, did I get to answer it? Of course. So, you know, I, when, I, when I first became a father, um, I, I had a list of like a thousand things that I, you know, that I wanted my kids to learn before they left my house. And then as they got to be teenagers or middle schoolers, that list got smaller and then teenagers, it got smaller. And then when they're in their final year, you know, of being in my house, it got super small. And, you know, and it got, got down to the point where, you know, if my kids literally leave this house and they live right, meaning they have good character and they work hard, they take responsibility for their actions and they truly look for the good in other people. I would say I have truly hit the jackpot as a parent and I've set them up for great success in life. It's so there's so many shiny objects that we search for, but the reality is, is that if you possess those qualities, there's no limit to what you will achieve in this lifetime. Mark, that's it. That's all we got for today. Thanks so much for joining. Uh, great conversation for those of you out there who uh, are looking to figure out how to, how to find a mentor, check out uh, Mark's book. You can go to getmtm.com. Anything else? Yeah, I'll tell you what, if anybody goes to getmtm.com, Kevin and I decided that uh, if you don't have a mentor or you are looking for a mentor in your life, if they go to getmtm.com and they purchase the book and they come back and, and show us they did, they'll purchase it on Amazon or whatever, we will give them 30 days of mentorship. We want everybody to have mentors. We want you to develop a habit of mentorship so that after spending 30 days with us, you'll go out there and you'll raise your hand and you'll find other mentors in your life. So that's our gift to everybody listening out there, getmtm.com get the book, and then get your mentorship journey started right now. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Thank you. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey, Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. 
the speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.